excited to have you join with us for our discussion. We recorded this next episode a few weeks ago, and it's something that's been a principle and some ideas that have been on my mind a lot and weighed heavily. And so although it's not as normal as the business principles and some of the fun stories that we've told in the past, I think there's deep meaning here, and I hope that you'll appreciate this for for what it is, which is a little bit different. And much love to you. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and get started and just talk about what's your most pressing thought? What's something that you've been thinking about lately? Unconditional love. Interesting. It's funny because I've used the phrase unconditional love my whole life, and as silly as this sounds, I've never thought about what that actually means. Unconditional love literally means love without condition. And when I think about God's love and the love that I hope to give to others, it would be love without any conditions. I think I think any time that love does have conditions, it's always for control. I don't know all the implications of that, but I've really been thinking, do I love others without condition, or do I have unsaid conditions that are impacting my relationships? And if so, can I consciously remove those so that I can have truly meaningful relationships? Mm-hmm. I guess my one you know, thought with it is, we, we can have this unconditional love for people, but where do boundaries come in with that? You know, because we do need to have boundaries to protect both ourselves and our relationships. Where does unconditional love and boundaries cross and meet? Define boundaries in this context. Um, so I would say, you know, we have personal standards that we ask for and maintain within our relationships. You know, like I'm not going to ex- accept that someone disrespects me in, in you know, whatever way. And what does that mean in an unconditional love setting? Let's say I have, you know, a sibling or a parent, or I don't, but um, a sibling or a parent who disrespects me, but I consider them to be someone that I unconditionally love. This is a really, so so the assumption being that if if love has, that that basically that love would be permissible, Mm -hmm. or that if I love someone unconditionally, that that would mean a rite of passage for them to do anything they want. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that, a lot of us think about. And and is it possible to love unconditionally with still setting boundaries of, of not being abused and not being hurt and and mm-hmm. impacted in a negative way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a that's an interesting question. What what are your thoughts? How do those intersect or or do they? Does unconditional love in your mind mean that people are free to do whatever they want? I think it's interesting that you brought up unconditional love because this is something that I've been thinking about lately and how boundaries actually I think enhance unconditional love you think about it when we put up boundaries between us and another person not necessarily to keep them out but to keep um, respect in the relationship I think that's showing care and showing that we respect and love this relationship that we have with this other person and if we were to not have boundaries eventually you know, eventually they would cross our boundaries and we would begin to resent them and it would begin to be a relationship that we need to separate from. It would become toxic for us. So establishing those boundaries and and following those boundaries and enforcing them in between a relationship, in a relationship with you and another person, I think that is part of unconditional love. Yeah. No, I agree because 
if you ever want to be able to love somebody or any person in your world or in your life, you have to be able to love yourself first. I've tried that. You know, there's been plenty of times where I didn't love myself and I kind of resented myself. And it only caused me to point out the flaws in other people. And if I think about it, if you're not putting up boundaries and you're not protecting your own energy, then you don't love yourself. You're not seeing the capabilities that you have. But if you are setting up those boundaries, you are loving yourself and you realize how important it is to be loved. And then in turn, you do love other people and you can love them unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Now, I think about how you should treat others the way that they want to be treated because you realize that your boundaries are going to be different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Can't draw from an empty well. Yeah. What do you think, Brother Reg? I think... Um, do you want to hijack the conversation? No, I think I think those are all really good thoughts. I think one of the difficulties about unconditional love is is of all of all relationships, it seems like the most crucial would be unconditional love for ourselves. Nobody mm-hmm. is going to be with me more than I am. And why, why not choose to accept and love me without conditions? Mm-hmm. I find that there's been times in my life where I've put conditions on my own acceptance of me. And it always seems like happiness is just out of reach. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm 11 years old and I'm thinking when I'm 12 and I can go to youth night, then, then mm-hmm. I'm going to be happier. Or having these conditions that it always seems like it's just 10% farther down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And it never comes because even when I'm at that point, there's still something 10 to 15% mm-hmm. further that I never seem to reach. Yeah. Earlier today, I, I made a list of things that, that I think make me happy, and I pulled a couple of people and said, what makes you happy? Every single thing that everyone listed, uh, you know, some people said food, uh, well, which, by the way, does make me happy. Um <laughs> But they said food, they said travel, they said no homework, they said cars, they said money, all these different things. Um, scripture, they talked about all these things, and all of those things really do bring happiness for some people. But I actually don't think happiness is something that people are looking for. I actually think what people actually care about is inner peace and contentment. And inner peace can never come from external things. And so the more I search for inner peace from external things, the more I'm left feeling empty, even upon achievement and and reaching these milestones that I make up along the way. Mm-hmm. We can pause really quick and let London in. Joining us now is our friend London. We were um, we were just talking about unconditional love, and we were talking about the power of of choosing to accept ourselves without without conditions. I love that. Mm-hmm. Growing up, for some reason, I had this misconception that loving yourself was some almost like a bad thing. Like, you shouldn't love yourself. That's selfish. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of ridiculous because how can we possibly love others deeply and accept others deeply if we don't do that for ourselves? You know, when we get up in the morning and we're brushing our teeth and we look each other, we look ourselves in the eye. I hope that, I hope we can learn, I hope I learn better to just say, you know what? I love that person. Um, I think there's been a number of years in my life where I'm brushing my teeth or getting ready in the morning. I'd love to say when I'm combing my hair, but I'm bald. So <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm sitting there brushing my teeth in the morning, that I don't want to make eye contact with me. Mm. That's almost like a, a yellow flag for me. Like, 
if I'm not willing to look myself in the eye, like what's, what's holding me back from looking myself in the eye and saying, that seems like a guy who's doing the best he can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There was one semester, I think I actually read it online, but I started to implement something into my life. And when I woke up in the morning, I sat up and I said, good morning, Marco. And I did that for like a whole week. And by the end of the week, I started like actually feeling completely like happier altogether. And then the next week I said, good morning, Marco. I love you, Marco. It was like amazing. I said it again, walking to work. I had also read online, like when you say this, also touch your heart. So I touched my heart and I was like, good morning, Marco. I love you, Marco. And all of a sudden, like I started laughing because not because it was weird, but I actually felt happy and I felt love from myself. And it was a really strange, but amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think, so is, is it just me that kind of grew up with the idea that no, no one ever set me down and said, hey, by the way, it's bad to love yourself. But somewhere along the line in my own head, I'm like, no, that's selfish and weird. I don't know. Is that just me and my own craziness? I don't think so. I think that's totally normal. I, I think I can speak for all of us that we're all perfectionists in our own way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, we just as perfectionists can put a lot of that pressure onto ourselves and that can be so hard because I know for myself, I see my friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love them so much, even though, you know, they say the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, I don't love myself, but you know, and I find like a love for them and I think, oh, they're perfect. But then when it comes to myself, I don't know. I feel like it's this different standard that I hold myself to, but I have no idea why. Um, until recently, I just really started realizing, you know what, all these people love myself. Why can't I see what they see in me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the switch for me was when I really learned to, to actually take what they were saying and really know that it was true and being able to tell myself, you are great. You are good at this. You're, you're beautiful. Like no matter what, like, um, so I think as perfectionists, it's, we hold ourselves to a standard that we don't hold everyone else to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a standard that is unattainable and isn't fair for ourselves to really be judging ourselves on. Absolutely. I I love what you're saying. And I think for myself, when I, you know, look at myself in the mirror, I immediately think about, you know, like flaws or, you know, that negative comment I made the other day or whatever. And then I think, but if I love myself through all of that, then that means that I accept myself exactly as I am and I'm not going to continue progressing, which actually becomes counterproductive because when I don't love myself, I don't progress as much, right? But I think we have this um, notion that if we accept ourselves for who we are right now, then that means that we can't also seek improvement. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, truly loving yourself just as you are, knowing that you're you're perfect the way that you, well, you know, you might not be perfect, but it is up to you to accept and love yourself as you are and continue on progressing, even if that means, you know, I love myself as I am, but I'm going to keep going and keep getting better. It's true because if you think about it, you do good things for the people you love and you don't do good things for the people you don't love. And if so, if you're not doing, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to do anything to help yourself. And I, and it's funny how simple that statement is, but it happens to everybody. When you think about it, this is I I don't play video games. I, I spent so many hundreds of hours as a kid that it like counted for the rest of my life. <laughs> but if I was in a virtual reality system or if somehow I was able to level up right now to be this 
unlimited life, unlimited capability in this life. If I could fly around the world or, you know, have all these supernatural powers, like what would I do? Would I lay on a couch and just watch TV? It's like, you know, sometimes you say, well, if I loved and accepted myself, then my improvement would stop or Mm -hmm. I'd, or I'd stop my desire for improvement. I think that's exactly false. I think, I think if I had unlimited acceptance and love or, or my example of power, I'd be, I'd be likely to take substantial risks. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be laying on a couch. I wouldn't just be dinking around. I would be using it. And I think, I think rather than thinking that maybe if we, if we loved and accept ourselves that we wouldn't improve, I think we'd improve at a quicker rate. Exactly. We, we'd be comfortable taking risk and, and growing and exploring without risk of failure. Half the, time, um, half the time we don't do things based on the opinions of others. Another half of the time, it's probably from the judgment of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And frankly, no one's going to be around us. Like I said, no one's going to be around us more than we are. So we might as well choose to just love and accept us. By the way, for the record, London, you are incredible. Thank you. Yes, she is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there listening to you say that. And I'm, think, and I, I'm looking at London in the eyes when she was saying that. I was thinking, London really is all of those things. And, and, it's, uh, and that's true. So even if, if nothing comes, if no one ever listens to this podcast, ever, I, I felt, at the very beginning I said my goal was to be able to have authentic discussion where I felt like it was real. I feel like that's real. Mm-hmm. London, you are great. Oh, Agreed. Stop. Just based on your passport, being Canadian, you're already <laughs> okay. Okay. You represent all Canadians now. <laughs> I am the face of Canada. Thank you very much. Okay, sis. I'm right here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one class period. You asked us to close our eyes, and you said, "Okay, I want you to jump into the future." Like you said, ten or twenty years into the future, and you go to the gas station, and you see your future self, like twenty years down the road. Yeah. And you said, what would you, what would you do? And I think that was a really pivotal moment for me um, in class, just like as a person. Um, I don't know. I want to know your guys' thoughts again on that. I know Christina wasn't there to experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know, Reg, if you want to replay that, it just really made me think about everything. So for me, um, and this originally happened because the question was posed to me and said, if if I saw your 50-year-old self, um, which isn't that far in the future for me. But when I see my 50-year-old self, what would I ask him? If I was just stopping by Maverick on the way home and I ran into him, what would I ask him? Instantly when the question was posed to me, I saw the entire person. I saw what he looked like. I saw what he felt like. And I knew the very first question that I would ask him. And my very first question to my 50-year-old me was, who loves you? Because I wanted to know who loved me when I'm 50. And so I can better invest in those relationships. And when I say who loves me, I don't mean, oh yeah, Brother Allen, he's a great, he's a great teacher. Oh, I love Brother Allen. I mean, I want to know who's going to unconditionally love me regardless of anything else. I, I didn't ask, I didn't ask the 50 year old me if, if I loved my wife. I didn't ask if he was still married. I didn't ask if he loved his kids. Those things are not debatable in my mind. And, uh, and I think the questions that, that I was willing to ask myself, my 50-year-old self, are indicative, whatever that word means. Um, <laughs> I, th- 
I think the questions that I ask myself are indicative of the things that are of great value in my mind right now and probably reflect what I truly worry about and I'm concerned about. And so in some ways, I think we're projecting either what we hope or what we fear when we look into the future. As, as crazy as this sounds, that single question changed my life personally. It was, it was a really incredible experience for me. I, I vividly know what the guy looks like. He's got, uh, he's bald. He, he had about three or four days worth of scruff on his face. Um, he was dressed sharp. He looked nice. Good-looking jeans, nice shoes, a sports coat over a, a button-down, mm-hmm. relaxed flannel shirt. He wasn't worried. Like when it, it didn't actually, I don't even know what he responded because it didn't matter. I felt like he was at peace. I felt like, um, you ever seen, have you ever seen the, uh, the edited version of, of The Matrix? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For anyone listening, the look young. on Reg's, Brother Reg's face was just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's this. <laughs> I feel We're like twenty five and under. <laughs> um, there's this. There's a scene at the at the end of the movie where this guy he's in this computer generated reality, and the computer program can always beat him, and it beats everybody. Hmm. But there comes this point where he owns his own reality and he seamlessly and effortlessly fights off these computer programs because the computer program bent to his reality instead of his reality bending to the computer programs. Interesting. And, um, and, I, and I felt like the 50-year-old me was closer to bending the world to his reality versus being bent by his reality. And when I perceive that, it influenced me today, I think in some ways to better bend the universe to my reality. I, I agree on that. When you asked that question in class, I, my first thought was, okay, I gotta think of a question, but I didn't wanna ask anything about my future. I didn't wanna know what it was going to be like. I didn't want to know who I would end up with because as I was thinking, I thought, you know, this is my life. And I started to understand I am completely capable of deciding whatever happens to me. Like I'm completely in control. My question to myself, well, my 40 year old self was what things am I currently doing in my life that I know I should stop doing, but I'm either hesitant or I easily forget. Do you think your 40 year old self would answer that question? He might not. I think that was another thought I had a few days later. He would want me to figure it out on his own or on my own, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, because who's going to learn if you just give it to them, they they'll learn it for that day, but they'll forget. But if I could figure that out on my own, it's going to become ingrained in me. And my future self knows that I'm too big of a pain to, <laughs> to learn it from hearing it anyways. <laughs> here, here, let me take this, that question a step further for you to consider. Let's say that you have the brief interaction, you ask one or two questions. And 
and your your future self says, hop in my car, let's go for a ride. And it's no longer a brief interaction and, and you go on a on a drive. It's 7 p.m. on a November night, crisp autumn autumn air, and you're driving around in that car. What does that conversation look like? And out of just curiosity, who's driving? What seat are you in? Do you look at your future self while you're talking or do you look for it on the road? Where are you driving? Who chose where you're driving? I, I think um, this this reminds me of, of journaling. A, a long time ago when I would journal, I would write like as if my future posterity is going to read this and be really impressed with what they read. And I would sanitize everything that I wrote. And then <laughs> Make it's it some, very palatable. Exactly. You do the same thing. It's like... But then I thought to myself... When this is published. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they're making the video sketch. <laughs> when they're writing oh my, my gosh. Oh my gosh. But, we joke about this, but that's real for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought to myself, the best gift that I could give my future posterity is them reading actual true thoughts and feelings. Wouldn't it be horrible if our future generation looked back at something we read or wrote and said, oh my gosh... I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm I'm struggling with difficulty or depression or hard times. And look, great grandma, she had it perfect. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Like we think that that's doing some some favor to have that sanitized when the reality is it might actually be of most benefit for them to see the darkest of of our own world. That actually might be the brightest light that they can have to know that despite darkness and difficulty the things worked out and uh and so it kind of changed the way I, I wrote my journal questions like this writing for a half an hour just based on these kinds of things i don't know what it is it but it helps bring clarity and and more peace than writing how much a gallon of milk is today <laughs> on this date this is how much gas is it's like look nobody cares about that and the people that care about that have no business reading my journal anyways. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, totally, totally random. But that's, anyone that's listening to this knows that I'm that random. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was perfectly in line. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I actually, awesome. I really, really relate. And that what you're saying resonates with me. I think in some of like my darkest, darkest moments, um, seeing that other people had been through things and and reading and you know you go on Pinterest and you like see all those quotes and things like that seeing that other people had felt the same as me before and they could almost put into words what I was feeling better than I could it not not it not it can't like always pull you out of that but it can make you feel less alone and I just think of how much more it would mean to me if it were my grandmother that we're talking if it were my mom or my sister or you know, somebody that was tied to me somehow. And I think, yeah, that's when we have those real unconditional relationships, those real bonds, is when we can relate to each other's emotions, when we can kind of make that connection. Because, I mean, we go to class together and we care about each other, but then when we really get to know each other and we see each other's struggles and we relate on that level, we're able to form deeper connections and and understand and relate to each other. And you, and you think about Jesus Christ, the one of the most, you know, important relations, 
relationships to a lot of us, it's because he understands exactly the feelings that we have. He's he's felt them before. And I think that's why we can create such a strong relationship with him. Here, here's something kind of to think about about that. You, you think about regularly we talk about Jesus Christ suffering for for sins and experiencing all those all those difficult times for us. But the reality is that he experienced all of it, both the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that what gets talked about is is the connection to pain. Um, re- very rarely do you meet someone and say, man, we really, we really resonate dip- deeply because we both love Disneyland. It's like <laughs> most of the time people's people's deep connections aren't about joyful moments. They're about deep pain. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what resonates with people when they think about Christ is it's pain that joins them. Seldom is it, is it the joy. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Just, I think, I think it's powerful, especially in those moments. That's when you really need somebody, even Jesus Christ. But then again, I mean, I'm sure he'd love to hear about our happy days. I wonder, going back to the beginning of our conversation about feeling like a perfectionist and that maybe we're, we don't want to bring that pride on ourselves. We don't want to feel like we're actually good. Maybe we're afraid to connect over happy moments because we don't want to feel like I'm better than anyone else. Because we do want to search for that happy the moments we want to search for that like just like good feelings those good vibes like you said but what was it you said about the happiness that it's not that we don't need to search for that happiness but the contentment Inner yeah peace. yeah so so i i was just mentioning that that happiness is elusive because it's it's typically external things mm-hmm. but internal peace and contentment comes from the inside and that's that's uh, that's trickier business. Mm-hmm. So rather than continuing to search for something outside of me, maybe it's inside. Maybe Pat Megan's right when he tells us to focus on like <laughs> objectives and activities rather than results. <laughs> like we talk <laughs> sales management. We talk about AOR goals, right? Activities, objectives, results, and we're like looking for happiness, right? That would be our result: is feeling happiness. What we don't realize is like our activities that we're using to get there is like maybe, you know, shopping or whatever. And your objective is to have nice things and then you'll be happy. But if we are looking for the result of like inner peace and contentment, then our activities are gonna look so much different. So shout out to Pat Megan, maybe he is right. He's onto something. (laughs) He's onto something. (laughs) Focus on the things that we can control, Mm -hmm. definitely definitely is a better option. I, I think even on a, on a one step deeper is what if to have inner peace and contentment, you do nothing? What if you can just have it? Because again, if we're going back to what you have to do to have it, aren't we going right back to a condition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. What if, what if who you are is worthy of love and acceptance right now right now like and who says who says like we i think sometimes we we look to society and we look to you know like leaders in our life to tell us 
what is acceptable? What do we need to be accomplishing to be lovable, to be palatable to the world? What if you decide right now, no, I decide. I decide what makes me worthy and what makes me lovable and what makes me valuable. And then it becomes this process of, you know, I'm going to take away the things, the standards that I set on myself that are toxic to me. What if I am in control of the standards I set on me and I don't look to other people to set them? Can I make it so that I am lovable and palatable to me right now? And the answer is yes. But you have to take back that control into your life. Here, when you, when you mention control, I think we're coming full circle because like we talked about earlier, if if love is unconditional, then it means that there is no control in that sense. But if my love is conditional, if I only love London when she brings incredible muffins to my house <laughs> that I eat because they're not a dessert, they're just a breakfast item Exactly. that I have throughout the day. They're healthy. There's fruit in them. But if, if, <laughs> but if, if that condition is in place, whether it's said or unsaid, it's my, it's my objective to control London in that way. And whether, and whether or not she brings those muffs or not depends on my acceptance and love for her. Yeah. Which, incidentally, is about control. I'd be controlling London. And, or, or at least attempting to control London. But if London decides, I don't accept your condition. She can, tr- she can choose whether she's controlled by other people's conditions or not. Choosing unconditional love is not necessarily contrary to boundaries or laws. It's possible that that I could have no conditions for my love for London, but if she slashes my tire, she still has to pay for a tire. I mean, the, the, those things don't have to, the, the law doesn't have to be contrary to, to the love and acceptance. Mm. Well, friends, um, I think we're gonna wrap it up, but let me just tell you, if you're listening to this, for sure I can absolutely positively tell you that I love you. There's no way on the world in the world that you'd be listening to this if you didn't care about me and I care about you. So peace and love to all of you. Let's say bye, friends. Okay. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. London's on the track. London's and on now the I'm track. signing off the track. Signing off. Peace. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>